Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender queers, this is a safe space for myself and others to speak on things in our lives and our worlds. This is a chance to see what's behind the minds of the creative, because what you see and hear and think ain't always the truth. Here you get to share, laugh, live, love, and sometimes debate. Mm -hmm. So I have two guests with me today. May be familiar with one, maybe not. But I have today with me my big, lovely brother, Ramon Cummings, and his pastor, and maybe a pastor to you in the future, Pastor John Coxum. That's where y'all can say hello, people. Oh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Glad to be here. Hello, everyone. I'm back. That's Ramon. You'll get to know. <laughs> y'all have heard about Ramon if you listen. But um, thank you for being on my podcast at Third Degree with me, James Major Burns. But um, happy to be here. Happy to have the both of you, especially my big brother, mm -hmm. who's like a second father to me mm. and a first to my niece, Carson mm -hmm. Estella. Mm -hmm. So... We are here today to have a conversation, which I think is a very um, important way to get to resolution anytime there is not just a issue in a negative way, but when you're trying to problem solve. Mm. If there is a problem, no matter how good or bad it is, to get through it, you have to solve it. So there's usually two sides and sometimes more. But when those two sides can come together and have a conversation and hear and listen to understand, as a wise man once said, um, you can get to a better place. Mm -hmm. So you are a pastor. I am. A young black man in America. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Pastoring and leading the people. And you say you've been doing it about 10 years. Yep. So were you like a youth pastor or a youth minister also? I was. I started out in Cleveland. Um, I was a youth pastor. Really, technical term was associate pastor, but my main responsibility was the youth for about two and a half years. It yeah. sounded like you said sociopath. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. well, also, yeah. <laughs> associate. Let me make that clear for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Associate pastor. Yeah. So you grew up in the church. I did. Yep. So what... So you're gonna have to give me. I don't know okay. terms and you know technology, you know terminology for this. So, what denomination were you? Did you grow up in? I grew up as a Seventh Day Adventist. Oh, okay, yeah. So the representing the Sabbath on Saturday. Yes. So I had no idea what that was until I met Ramon. Really? And some of you may be like, "Wait, he met his brother?" Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and that's a story Long for story. A, mm -hmm. another day. We have to, it will be a story for another day, but. Up until that point, and that is when um, religion did get interesting for me because up until that point, I only knew one thing, and I didn't know what to think learning new things, and I had like a grandmother who was like, mm -hmm. this is this, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So when I learned about it, I'm like, oh, wow, there are literally so many people or so many ways to do it. Mm -hmm. But um, how was it growing up as a uh child in church because i know i went to church on sundays mm -hmm. but then there are people who were children of the church right i take it you may have been the child of the church yeah i was so how was that for you growing up i was pretty conservative pretty conservative um and probably more conservative than the average church goer because of the sabbath day restrictions 
So growing up as um, Sabbath Keeper, Seventh-day Adventist, we, uh, it's changed a lot now, but don't watch TV on the Sabbath. We didn't go out to eat, you know, didn't go to the mall, sports games, anything like that. So it was kind of boring. I mean, there were times you like wish for the Sabbath to be over. <laughs> you know, we go from Friday night uh, sunset to Sabbath um, sunset. But there were other parts that were really nice too. My dad would always bring us together on Friday nights and we'd always have, you know, worship uh, devotional time. We'd pray. Sometimes we'd sing a song and enjoy that space, give a testimony or something like that. Church was good because those were my main friends. Even though I saw them once a week, I felt like they were my closest friends. And there were opportunities to kind of just do stuff, activities. There was Pathfinders. You'd go camping. You know, I was in the choir. I really can't sing, but that's what I was doing. Um, um, you know, there were a, a lot of things that just made church very interesting. But it was conservative now that I look back on it. And a lot of those things have um, evolved, I should say. You know, I was a church kid as well yep. and just not as conservative, mm -hmm. but I really appreciated the relationships and bonds that I had with mm -hmm. the people I grew up with who felt like my cousins. And even when I see them today, I'm like, wow, I really spent a, this portion of my entire life with these people. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't see them again today, it's just like, you know, a big significant sure. part of my life mm -hmm. and going to church and learning like values that outside of, I don't want to say outside of like the Bible, but like what people what I think might be the perception of the Bible, like verbatim scripture, but just like um, sending a kid to a daycare to learn how to uh, have social skills with other kids mm -hmm. and how to, mm -hmm. you know, building uh techniques or, or something like that you know mm -hmm. but just being around and being social and learning those things but I love that growing up and they were always there were kids that I went to school with that I went to church programs with or mm -hmm. after school programs mm -hmm. so I've always uh, thought it was a safe place to be so we had uh, a discussion or we um, talked about like my um, like my experience in the church right so I grew up in the church and that's where my family was and uh, when I got older, it, I, I felt like I ran into this wall of what I was told versus what I was figuring out. And then I was like, well, why was I told this? Uh, why or how you're supposed to act when you go to church and then like the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, I feel like mm -hmm. I was a lot. I'm a lot the same now. Like sometimes things would be told to me and I just would not get it. And I'm like, I just yeah. don't understand. And sure. the parents like, well, it's not for you to understand. Just be quiet. And I'm like, that just don't make no sense to me either. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I just don't get mm -hmm. how you say this. And then this, right. like when I learned what a Jehovah's Witness was and like my grandmother, she was like this. She like, you know, s talking her little stuff. And I'm like, how can you just tell me not to acknowledge this? Right. And why is this different? And for me, like I, this was my truth. So I'm like, I don't get this. I'm mm -hmm. really confused. That mm -hmm. I'm like, so people don't other people think differently about this. Yep. Wait, everybody doesn't know that Jesus <laughs> is Jesus. For, right. I was yep. really like, mm -hmm. Wait a minute, other stuff exists. Yep. So I did feel like lied to, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, and um, but because we were doing like Sunday school with my step grandmother who okay. was a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. And I just feel like at that point I was like, you know, I'm a, if somebody, I'm like, this is the same thing, right? Like, what's the problem? And my grandmother who was a Christian, um, she just was like, well, y'all should do this, and I'm like, well, I don't, I need, it's the same book or the the lesson. I feel like is a good lesson to have mm -hmm. versus uh, the title or like um, if you run for USA versus Jamaica, but you live in USA because, <laughs> but you're Jamaican. Right. You know, I got like, you. It's yep. like, it doesn't matter like what mm -hmm. 
the title greatest. is, but mm-hmm. I'm like the lesson that's coming out of it is better. Right. But on top of like being a queer child and up until I was 19, I thought I was going to burn in hell. Mm. <laughs> and then one day I was just like, okay, maybe not. But I was, I struggled with that for a long time. You uh, knew you were queer from jump or birth. birth. Okay. Wow. I don't want Yeah. So did we. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I wow. don't want to just say, um, it was a lot of being told these mm-hmm. things or recognizing these things. And I just realized that I was experiencing um, like feelings for girls, but looking at boys in the same way. Okay. And then having like experience, experiences as a young boy with other boys, but realizing that they don't like me. Mm. Like they were kind of just like trying things, you know, we're young and stuff. So things were happening. Got you. But that's when I really realized, I was just like, but I, I always had that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, they don't like me. He ain't trying to kiss. I'm trying to kiss. And he's just like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it always made me feel different even when those experiences were happening. And I'm like, okay, this is different. And then when I turned eight, when I was turning 18 and about to graduate, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> this isn't going away. Mm. <laughs> I'm about to graduate and go out into the world. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about it past that, like a certain point in life, because I'm attracted to women also, but because at that time, gay was just the umbrella term right. and how I felt about it. I'm like, oh, once you're gay, you're just gay. Like, no one cares about anything else. Right. I'm just gay, so no woman's going to want to be with me. So mm. might as well just like guys. Mm-hmm. But um, even like that, trying to decide how to label myself on top of yeah. the many labels that we have today. Yeah. Um, it is uh, something that I don't like to feel like still causes me... <clears throat> like any turmoil or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I'm in counseling now, but I, I'm mm-hmm. realizing that now to just be okay with that. Like I'll be wanting to shut books on stuff. I'm like, okay, this chapter is done. But then sometimes I get triggered by things and I'm like, oh my gosh, why is this still triggering me? Right. Yes, Ramon, do you have a question? <laughs> yes, I actually do. So like you said, up until 19, you felt like you were just going to burn in hell. Burn. I was like, I would cry. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand why. How, I'm like, how does Jesus love me? But they telling me I'm going to burn in hell. But where, when, I'm trying to word it correctly. So it's, pro- it's probably pretty obvious where that came from. But when and where did that start? Like the thought of, oh my gosh, I'm burning in hell for this. Um, I just feel like, uh, you know, sometime in elementary school, I was realizing that, like by the time I lived on Boston, I lived on Boston in the third grade. So from Boston until like I was about 19 is like when that fear really controlled my life. And every year, especially at the beginning of the year, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be gay this year. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I'm like, I just can't pray it away. So yeah. then I just let go of like religion and like feeling not like spirituality, but just like that thought of religion. And, you know, I was very combative. But see, that's, that's what I'm asking. Like, so did this, uh, did it get established that you were going to hell from church, from church folks, from sermons, lessons? Like, is that where that feeling came from? Yes, it was a collective of people. And at the time of how I view people who went to my church, like if this person said this, like my grandmother, or I felt like um, <laughs> the last time I was belonging to a church and I stopped going to a church, this pastor yelled, you will die early. And I was just like, okay, Whoa. I'm done. <laughs> I said, I'm done. And I turned around, I was like, mm. <laughs> wow. Does anyone else feel offended? 
Wow. And I was just like, mm. but it was not just like being gay. He said, boys are dressing like girls. Girls are dressing like boys and all mm-hmm. of this and trying to be, mm-hmm. which to me is within that realm of like people. And he was like, you will die early. And we had had com- um, certain, I felt like that topic came up several times mm-hmm. from my short time being there. But I was just like, I don't want to feel this way coming to church. Sure. So sure. I'm just not going to come back here. So let me apologize on behalf of the church. All right. I mean, I don't know what the nom- Did you say you were Jehovah's Witness or your grandmother was? No, was your um, denom- my step-grandmother, okay. um, my stepmom's mom was a, Jehovah, a Jehovah's Witness. But I went to Faith Temple Baptist Church. Okay. But they said we were Christians, so, I, you know, that's what the people said. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, for many denominations, there's, like, very small degrees of difference, to be honest with you. It's just, like, people choose certain things. Like, for instance, us, it's the Sabbath. It's a couple other things. I forgot to mention that I was raised vegetarian, which is weird for a lot of people. I didn't have meat till I was in high school. No jewelry. Tattoos was just like, whoa, you serious? You got a tattoo? And now, you know, me and Ramon talk sometimes, and he knows – I kind of like think <laughs> I think about it like man I think no, I would look no, nice. No, no. What? <laughs> he wants a what? tattoo, but why won't you get one? I'm scared, man. I'm scared to death. I feel I've always felt this way, and this could be a religion thing too. Honestly, when you think about it, I'm afraid that I'll be that one person that when they put that needle on me, I will get an infection and like my arm will fall off. I'll get some horrible terminal illness. That will be my punishment because I I actually feel that way. I don't know why. That could be a religion thing too, though. You know, it's like once you step outside the box, you're in trouble. You know, the last yeah. church I went to that said I would die early, they were Pentecostal. Okay. And they were the most, like, pointed on certain things. Like, mm-hmm. my friends that went there, mm-hmm. they couldn't come out and go to the movies because the spirits were at the movie theaters, but not in the movie on your television at home. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, It mm-hmm. was certain. And that's just to me how logic worked to me. And I was like, I'm like, I just don't get it. Do your parents <laughs> just not want you to come out with us? Right. They're like, oh, well, there's demons in the, in the theater. In the theater. I'm yeah. like. Is it just the theater screen or mm-hmm. is it, I mean, we can watch it at your house though? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't understand that. And then, like I said, I, I believed what was told to me or when people said they were something and meant this like as a, a fixture in church, mm-hmm. like I thought of them as this certain thing. So to answer some more of your question is it was the sermons of people. Like when I got older and I would just be sitting in church feeling like, I think I said it before to you. I'm like, are they talking about me or is this just coming up? Was this a part of the conversation today? Because I feel real pointed at right now. And I just was like, okay, I'm just going to sit in the back. But they always found their way to be like, hey, you want to come to the altar? I'm like, I got saved here when I was 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I need to be saved again? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times do you want me to be baptized? I don't. Yeah. What, are you, what are you trying to say, sir? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think people, man, for religion and churches, man, they kind of settle into their tribes and into their camps. And it's like for Adventists, it's like we keep the Sabbath day. We don't wear jewelry. We do this. Anybody who steps outside of that box, it makes people who have been a part of the church extremely uncomfortable. It's like somebody up there with jewelry. Now, I think in 2022, a lot of things has evolved and the pandemic has even accelerated that because they're recognizing, man, you know, now things have to be different. We don't have to be in a physical space with one another. There's a lot of things that have changed and, you know, people are becoming a little bit more accepting of people. What yep. does wearing jewelry symbolize that you would not be able to wear? Um, ornamentation. Um, some people, you go so far as back to say that this was a sign of, of slavery. And so now you're, you know, a slave of the devil. Um, I'm trying to think idolatry as well. People kind of make that connection with it. 
So sometimes I like to think of myself as the person that if I never heard of or read the Bible or anything, that the God in me would lead me to live a, a good life because that's what I was supposed to do anyway. There's some truth to that. I would agree. And, and the reason I say some truth is because, you know, the Bible talks about the law of God is is written on our hearts. There are things we come into the world automatically knowing to some degree are good and good and bad. You know, babies come into the world. They have to be taught some things, but there are some things we innately know we should not do. We shouldn't kill somebody or take their life and other things like that. Um, and I just from my perspective, I do think there are some things that we learn in our relationship with God. So not necessarily from church, right? But from our relationship with God, which God has put a lot of his will or all of his will into the word of God for us to study. That's what I would say. But so I, I guess I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying that I do think that the Bible is a necessary component as well. Yes. It's just a like a uh, human thing uh, about how I got the the Bible, and who you know, after it's been reprinted from whoever. So, like, for me, my real spiritual connection, like, this time around, that's how mm -hmm. I felt, like, this time around. Like, I don't discuss it with a lot of people because I feel like people ruined it for me before. So I just don't care to – I disengage immediately. But mm -hmm. even, like, when I decided, like, I was, like, agnostic or I, I, I didn't mind to pray if, because I'm like, this is a positive thing. I don't – it's nothing wrong with me, um, to, with it to me. Even if it's, like, another – if somebody else's religion and they're like, do you want to pray or partake? I just be like, oh, sure, I can just bow my head and – Go along with it. Go along with mm -hmm. this. I, that's my personal opinion. And mm -hmm. for the people who don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. I did a show, and this guy, we were like, hey, we're going to pray. And he was like, I don't pray with everybody. Everybody don't pray good for you. And I was just like, <laughs> Wow. I'm like, uh. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, but mm -hmm. like it implies to me that or do you think we're that type of I'm that type of person or any mm -hmm. of us in here are those type of people? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we've been around each other for a little bit and I I think we should pray today because at this point we need God. And I'm like, <laughs> we didn't did everything we could do. Now we need to pray. Right. But it was like uh, if some people take it that serious, I'm not offended um, mm -hmm. by that. But um, just moving on to. Um, I know you said you wanted to know like what you could do to first of all um, on, uh, what you could do to get more queer people to come to church and then earlier you said let me apologize on behalf of the church right like, essentially you can't do that and that's, that's at this point in my life I'm able to like separate so many things mm -hmm. that uh, the conversation or like the church being the people versus the body is what I understand and I also don't know if like this thing can be fixed and mm. if it needs to be the separation from the people in the building to revamp into uh, what was intended because like I said for me the people who are like playing the roles in church mm -hmm. it's like I, I felt tricked I'm like why is everybody walking around acting like this yeah yeah. Just like with, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, Beyonce got the song Church Girl right now or the mm -hmm. secular mm -hmm. music versus or for me, I feel like being gay is at the top of the list of sins. And I'm like, well, what what is it about mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, queerness or black men? And it's the, the the long story of the emasculation of the black man, which I, I get. But I feel like so again, when it comes to like a, a group of minorities being black, them being queer and feminine, I'm like, there's like, it's like being in these groups but fighting against the other groups that you're a part of. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah. So let me say a couple of things. Okay, number one, um, in terms of, uh, you said, asking about queer people coming back to church, right? So not necessarily comfortable in exactly. your space is yeah. a comfortable space. That's what I really want. I really want people to feel comfortable. I mean, I've come to the point in my ministry now, it's like, no matter how good, how well I preach, what kind of ministries I have, people are only going to come if they feel comfortable. And that's just the bottom line. Um, secondly, you know, I do agree with you. I think that the church has, um, we have false advertised. It's like we have this billboard of God is love. We accept everybody. We love you. We don't really mean that because we don't know what that looks like practically. And with regard to um, the church girl song, which I should have listened to. I don't know why I didn't. But I heard a whole bunch of preachers, man, going off about that. Was um, Karen Clark Sheard or the Sheard sampled in there or something? In oh. the Clark sisters. In the Clark sisters? Yeah, they were in there. So... Um, this preacher just went off, man. He was just, this is evil. This, you know, demons coming into your home, all this kind of stuff. I haven't listened to the song, but I, I agree with you. It's like we have put homosexuality, gay, queer, whatever it is, at the top of the list of sins. And from my reading of the Bible, it is clear that, you know, I'm not saying that it is a sin, but sin is sin. Let's put it that way for now, okay? And we can go deeper into that conversation. But sin is sin. There is no hierarchy of sins with God. I think people are just just crazy uncomfortable with the fact of somebody, um, you know, being gay or having any kind of same-sex attraction, and the church is just not ready for it. But my desire as a pastor is to have the type of ministry where no matter what somebody is struggling with, I mean, if you crack cocaine, whatever the issue is, I don't know, you're addicted to something else, I want you to feel comfortable to come into the space, listen to the word, get what you need, and go home, whether that means you join my church or not. So that's what I mean by that. Ramon has something to say. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Look, I was, I was just top manner, so I raised my hand. Thank you. With that being said, I agree with everything you said. Mm -hmm. I also think, when it comes to people fighting so hard against LGBT, mm -hmm. however many letters it is at this point, that a lot of people really don't want to admit that this is the way that they feel and they may have that same attraction and <laughs> because they wow. think it's so wrong. Mm. You know they fight that much harder against it because it's in them, mm -hmm. and I've I've noticed a lot of that okay. over over my years. I would say, and I think um, there's mm. so much shame and just at, like forget admitting it to anyone else. Your themselves, like themselves, like dealing with the fact, even if it's for a moment, you don't even know if it was just an attraction for this moment or this person. Mm -hmm. I feel like things are not just general. I think there can be isolated moments where you felt this way about this person because the way I feel about human connection is like, there's other things besides um, like sex, Sexuality. but there's like mm -hmm. pheromones. There's just other things that attribute you to a person that y'all just are going to line up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's within a male and y'all become really great friends. Mm -hmm. And I think um, people get uncomfortable when they feel those things connecting or when they see themselves in things that make them uncomfortable and they lash out at it. And I think I project sometimes on certain things and I'm like, well, I'm on the pot calling the kettle black. Who am I to say this person over here <laughs> doing this? And I know I do the yeah. same thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I do think it's something with our, like within the community and the, how, what a black man or a man is supposed to stand for that it is like, Toxic? 
Yes. Mm. Like that it's been looked at as this like poisonous thing um mm. for men to be queer and feminine. Yeah. And for me I had to even differentiate the the problem being like not just gay but the femininity. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's like the bar is continually raised of like how, you know, men manly or uh, masculine and providing that you have to be regardless of anything. Yeah. Like, no, well, nobody cares what happened to you. Yeah. You'd be chained to the street. No, get up and do it anyway. Yeah. No matter what. You break your back, lose your legs. Yeah. Get up and do it anyway because you, the black man can't. And that's the way I was raised. I mean, I'm, I'm from the South, from South Carolina. So my dad was just like, you know, you got to do this, that, and the third. My mother is... um. I wouldn't say she's, you know, submissive, but she is that type of traditional. She occupies that traditional role of what most biblical Christians think a woman should be in the home or what a wife should be. I mean, she cooks, she cleans and stuff like that. My dad's primary, you know, breadwinner. He fixes stuff, you know, takes out the trash for however deep you want to go. That's just the type of guy he is. And that has been bred into me as well. So I'm not going to lie to you when I do think of of men, I, I do come with that that bias as well, like in my mind. Um, but I do want to say something to what uh, Ramon said, because I think he does make a good point. Is it possible that the church has um, made it so that certain men and women who have same-sex attraction are uncomfortable coming out? Well, absolutely. And are there those in within uh, certain congregations who are gay and just, you know, they will speak bad against like you, James, and others um, within that community and want to do it themselves, it's a very real possibility. I think the church has has done that, which is the opposite, I believe, of what Christ wanted it to be. Well, and, okay. and to be honest, I mean, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Like, case in point, a lot of people might forget Bishop Eddie Long. <laughs> Why you got to go there? Because Bishop Eddie oh, Long man. Mm-hmm. literally had a what a parade or a, a whole like a whole thing down in Atlanta with the president of the United States to come out and speak against gay people mm. he had a whole march a whole protest and what happened to him mm. mm-hmm. and that's why I say that like oh I don't know what happened to him I don't I don't know this man he died Bishop but... Eddie Long well I mean he he's dead now yeah so Bishop Eddie Long he did this whole protest, organized this stuff to come out against gay people, gay rights, all mm. of that with George W. Bush. Then some years after that, four boys from his church filed a lawsuit against him for uh, sexual misconduct, pretty much. He ended up, and it was four young boys. He ended up settling out of court. He apologized. And... You know, there's like I've told you plenty of times before. I understand why people settle out of court, but there's some things I'm not settling out of court for. Mm-hmm. If I didn't do it, I didn't. Yes, right. Is uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. anything with children and kids, you gonna I'm, I'm, prove it. Children and kids, but children and mm-hmm. sex, sexual mm-hmm. assault. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going yeah. to prove that I did that. Mm-hmm. So when you settle out of court, I, that kind of is an admission of guilt. On top of the fact of part of the settlement was, of course, money but that he had to apologize for what he did. He was sending these boys pictures of himself and posing in these pictures and all type of stuff. 
he's a part of the reason why he is doing things like that and why people do things like that because he is going to continue to to shame people to not live out loud and do this and be free to do that with adult men instead he has to go about his ways in the dark and with children that he has power over and control over mm. versus just being able to live out loud right even if you don't if you don't have to i i, I just think in for me for i think black men I don't want to say have it harder, but it's, there's so many different things that you lose. Like if you say you're a bisexual, you're gay. Yeah, that's People true. People are like, no, you're yes. gay. Women yes. are like, nope, off the list. Mm-hmm. And they don't want that. Right. They have no control over it. So they're like, well, I'm not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. But like, it was hard for me to just say that I was gay. I had to decide because I'm like, I have, I'm feminine. I don't think I'm the most feminine person in the world, but I'm like, but I don't like guys, but girls don't have any attraction to me for it. So I'm like, I'm just gay. And I'm like, but I'm attracted to girls too. So I don't know how to define myself. And then after a while, I was just like, I really don't care. Then I just start saying queer. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just attracted to the person, but I'm in a relationship anyway. So none of it matters. Mm-hmm. So just call me gay right now because I'm with the man. Wow. But at, mm. even when it comes to that, it's how everybody else might be like, oh, well, if you like girls, then how can you call yourself this? Well, look, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I just think there's so much dislike for somebody living their lives, lives different. Like, I don't um, if a woman, if a man wants to have his wife stay at home and take care of the kids and uh, cook the food and do all the meals. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. not how I want to live my life. And maybe if I had a wife, maybe I don't. I'm like, no, you need to get up and go to work. Like, we go both take care of these kids. Mm-hmm. But it might be different from this traditional view. And everybody in their households are living their lives different. And everyone has something to say about how everyone else does it. But for me to, to go out and do a parade for it, it gets dangerous for me because it's like we have like rights for my life are still like on the line. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And but I'm black. And I when I get all of this stuff from black people, I'm like. Do y'all not understand? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel so, like, surrounded in a field of your own. And I'm like, I know, like, for me, I'm like the term Black Lives Matter. I'm like, only up until a certain point for me, that's how I would feel. Because I'm like, when it matters when I'm gay, like, when it came to, like, if I wanted to adopt a kid, I'm like, well, I'm black. It matters when I'm black, but not when I'm gay. So at yeah. what point do we draw the line? But I'm supposed to be on, I, I got to be on the line for both. But I'm, I'm black first, so that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm black first, so my, I'm always on the line for that. Yeah. But then I feel like I immediately turn around on the line or get turned to the other side in some cases. But I'm in a better place of just, like, blocking stuff out or not even blocking stuff out, just feeling like I see it less mm-hmm. and not just trying to pay attention to it. And I just feel more patient even when it comes to um, be an understanding of how people feel because again if you feel a way but to go out and want to have a right to vote over something like i'm like i don't how how should you have a right to vote if i want to get married or not anywhere but mm. you know that's different for some people versus how they feel for the law but then i'm like but you don't respect marriage you can't tell me mm-hmm. <laughs> like you you don't respect marriage right. or relationships or yourselves mm-hmm. or your children or a job but everyone gets the right to vote so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to admit something with the Black Lives Matter um, scenario, man, because, you know, um, I'm pro-black. However you want to take that, you know, I, I, I love our people. I want to see the advancement of our people. And I try to stay up to date on things, vote in, with, with that agenda in mind, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to lie, though. When the, the, the issue of, well, Black Lives Matter doesn't mean um, it doesn't fight for, for queers or whatever or doesn't care for that community. I, <laughs> 
in some way, I'm not going to lie, there was a fear in me that that the queer community was hijacking the the Black Lives Matter agenda. That's that's how I felt going through this. I've I've since evolved a little bit, but I guess just for me, man, being angry for so long about black issues and then seeing so many groups come in and kind of snatch away different parts of it, like even with and I'm not talking about the queer community right now, but I'm saying like even during the civil rights movement, you know, certain communities kind of hijack what 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 was for and started by blacks. So when I started hearing all of that, I'm just like, yo, can we just all just be for blacks right now? We don't need to separate ourselves and cut ourselves up and dice ourselves up. But hearing you say that now makes me think twice about it. I uh, want to. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, people said that. I'm like, I would love to, but I can't because. <laughs> Publicly. I'm like, I just can't yeah. because yeah. It, it's within me. It's a, a, a block in my chest. I'm like, yeah. I would love to just be like, sure. But as soon as if 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 as soon as this is over. Then it's back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I've had a hard time. I ha- I had to learn how to accept people changing and evolving now and accepting queer people. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not used to this feeling sometimes mm-hmm. that people just be cool or it just doesn't bother them anymore. Mm-hmm. It's taken me time to even understand that there is change happening. Mm-hmm. Where the stigma I have versus um, heterosexual men is it the same stigma I don't want them to have to me? Mm. So mm. I have to learn how to take certain things away and out of the equation as we all evolve. And when it comes to like, I understand the hijacking and I, I understand, but I'm just on both sides of the fence. Sure. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I would love to be like this. Mm. And now people are like, we are fighting for y'all. I'm like, but it's kind of just like, all right, we cool now. But I'm like, nah, don't trust it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But. Ramon has something to say. (laughs) I mean, you could have finished, but this kind of goes into a thought that I continue to have. I think social media is a great thing. I think social media is a dangerous thing all at the same time. Both things can be true. And it's like when I look at when you say Black Lives Matter, like, yes, that that phrase in its purity, in its essence, Yes. When you look at the organization that is behind that phrase, <laughs> just like when you look at the organization mm-hmm. that's behind LGBTQ, those mm-hmm. two things are the biggest issues of what we're group. facing. And that's powerful. And I, I feel the same way. And <laughs> yep. that's where like, even when I say, I say it as a phrase, but for me, a lot of my point of views comes from my community, my hometown. So even if I, even if I live in the hick town, I'm like, if, if it's not going to be different here, if I can't have any impact at home, like how, what's my hope for the rest of the world and people, the rest of the world can have hope and change, but I've been in my hometown. So when I hear people say certain things or get their opinions there, that's where I would usually, that's who I was speaking to in my community. Cause I'm like, yeah, I got to start at home first. We could talk right. about the rest of the world, but I feel like I've been able to grow. And, Cause I've had a lot of conversations with people or the last time I played in this basketball game, it was the first time as an adult that I was like, wow, I really feel just regular here. Mm. Like for the first time. And I've known these people since high school and some before, but it just was like the first time. And it's not that I had felt, like uncomfortable in the recent years because I felt more comfortable, but it was like one of the first times that I was just walking around literally like uh, free of any restrictions. And, but it, it was um, 
a point that I realized that I had gotten to. And I was very happy about it. And I'm like, wow, I finally feel just regular. Like, just the norm. Not like gay James, but just James. Gotcha. So I do want to say something, too, though, about the queer community. Ramon alluded to it. I think they are extremely powerful. And I think that's where a lot of my bias comes from, too. I was walking in the store during uh, Pride Month, June, right, in Pride Month, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. The rainbows, everything like that. But then during Black History Month, there are certain stores that don't even acknowledge black people. And it just bothers me, right? Because not only am I black, I'm a black male, I'm a black preacher. So by nature, I'm political. I preach Ooh, about stuff. All three of those categories are, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, right now. I speak about all of this stuff. I'm heavily involved in, in black issues. And to see that this uh, community, which has been around forever, too. I mean, it's even in the Bible. Let's be real about it, right? But the fact that they have so much power where black people are still fighting to me for some of the, the basis freedoms and rights and, 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 and love from the world, that joint hurts. I'm not going to lie. So I think that a lot of people think that way and approach it with that bias. And it was like, yo, y'all just sit over there and be quiet. Let us fight. And then we'll come back and get to y'all. That's how people feel. You know, when I'm, I'm still black and gay um, in gay environments. I'm black first in gay environments. Mm-hmm. And it changes really quick again. So it's like gay, 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 black. And even this last um, situation I was in, I'm like, wow. And a lot of people were like talking about politically correct things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for the first time, this doesn't involve me because I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I don't have to worry about right. this. Mm-hmm. And I have no... Uh, qualms about that i have no hesitance about it i don't feel bad about it i'm like no mm-hmm. i'm i get to say whatever i want i can say this in this phrase i can say this in this phrase and it's about intent and if y'all want to worry about that or um y'all have to focus on that it that's y'all issues to fix and how you know to feel better about but um i don't know why that just struck me i got a question for yes. james you i was just want to say okay. something yeah real quick I I understand I can see and understand both sides of the coin, and it's like sometimes I'm stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. So like during a Pride Month, I was actually in Macy's and they was giving away all the rainbow wristbands and nigga I like rainbow, <laughs> and yeah. but mm-hmm. because the line is drawn in the sand on this side with the LGBT on that side with black people and the culture or the bastardized way that masculinity has been portrayed, which isn't what masculinity is. Different story for a different day. Mm -hmm. I wanted some rainbow shit. And somebody was like, well, what you getting that for? You know, that's for gay people. And it's like, but I like rainbows. I've liked rainbows since I was a kid. Why can't I like rainbows? Why can't I get rainbow stuff? It's a it's a wristband. It's just a rainbow wristband. And the and the thing about it is, is because social media and just sitting sitting around in front of a screen watching and letting other people tell you how you should feel. That's why I said those are the biggest issues. These these people at the top of whatever movement having their agenda, mm-hmm. throwing it down on the rest of us. And then you have to work that much harder for people that you've known your entire life to treat you like James, not my gay brother, James, not uh, the gay dude, James, I hang out with the gay dude to play ball, just James. 
And that's why, hey, how do I make you all feel comfortable in church? Because the church is drawing this line in the sand where you're either doing everything correctly, even though we're not, but you're supposed to, and you're supposed to act like you are, or you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's one of, <laughs> it's so, it's so obvious. I'm like, why is it that? And then the trauma is them telling you not to be gay and then we can't can't even discuss it and then we sit in church or sit in front of family members and just talk about like you and you could just get this thing said about you and or told you where you're going and it's like wow damn mm. i just sit here and i have to take this mm-hmm. or it's like an elephant in the room mm-hmm. and i feel i understand what you're saying because i feel like the tides are turning and when i'm black in spaces um it almost separates me from the queer space because um i don't understand what uh, to me it seems like things are like turning around like everybody is in the queer community now except for like straight guys so it's almost like them being the gay guys now and the way like some things are being used like it's like cancel culture to me like if a Mm -hmm. person people don't have to like everything and them saying things some it's been so long that it's felt like an attack that anything that's said is just like, no, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And people got to get to a space to where they can like understand and work on themselves. I think more conversations will happen. Um, need to happen for that to, um, for people to sit, like say I'm uncomfortable, but people, I think people who say, no, I'm cool with it. They're not being honest mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. or saying like, it's taken me some time to be like this, whether it's because I was raised or just how I feel about it. Yeah. But it's not complete honesty because they'll be like, I'm cool with it. And then P Valley comes on and then they, <laughs> say things that <laughs> yeah. showcase how they really feel mm-hmm. but they're like but not you you're my bro mm-hmm. and you can't because right. to me as a black person nobody else can outside of being black and tell me you cool for this but because you right it's about blackness yeah so i think what will <clears throat> change a lot of people's perspective on um you know the queer community um especially christians is having someone in their family who is a part of that community and or you know, struggling with. It needs to be firsthand experience. Yes. So I have that. I think we're at a point in society now. Every family likely has someone who identifies with that we've, community. We've been there for a while, but they just, <laughs> it's just the acknowledgement of right. it now. That's true. That's I have true. an uncle yeah. who died of HIV. Nobody uh-huh. wanted to tell me until I was 19 years old. Wow. Why? Mm. I personally felt like as your second chance to do things differently. Yeah. You did it the same way. Yeah. I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. But like as your second time, like around, like even though the rest of the world is saying this, like, like, you know, were under the pressure of that and they like cracked under pressure to live that life. But then out of nowhere now, it's kind of just like a lot of times no discussions have happened. And I know everyone is like, why did you have to come out? Well, a lot of if I've been told that I had to come out was presented to me. Like I needed to let people know, mm. like if I, uh, cause they were like, well, is you gay or something? People used to ask a question and I'm like, well, I feel like I had to let people, people have know. to know. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was afraid. So I wanted to be like, Y'all are y'all okay with this? Or I don't know what my <laughs> right. next move has to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I I felt like I had to let people know. Again, I, I saw it on TV about coming out. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a part of my family um, story now. Like you said, it's probably always been there. Who knows? But I I know it now. And um, you know, I I love my family member. I love them, and I don't judge them at all. And I think that has helped me to evolve in my understanding of the whole queer community and just to, um, you know, be open uh, to, to certain things. Yeah. Question. Does <laughs> yeah. 
it make you uncomfortable ever when black men are feminine? It does. I'll admit that it does. Um, again, because of my upbringing, um, I mean, I get it from multiple directions, man. My upbringing and church and just what I consume on media, the type of stuff I watch. Like the only reason I don't watch P-Valley and I watch a lot of stuff is is because of that that whole dynamic. And it's not be- a lot of sexual content on there, too. It, it is right. But but the funny thing is, you know, and I'll admit this even as a pastor, I can watch sexual content on TV. It's not something I want to consume, but if it happens to come on in a particular show, if it's heterosexual, it's just like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll sit through it. It's all good. It's also in a lot of things. So your chances of not that is true. That is true. Even on sitcoms, like they're going to be in there and, under the covers. Yeah. Uh, you mean uh, gay individuals, queer um, individuals, like or just, just uh, sexual things between like heterosexual relationships? Oh even yeah. On like a funny show, like they might exactly. be under the covers. Like it's gonna be in the scenes. Exactly. But even if I understand if straight men don't want to mm-hmm. see two men having sex because it's not something right. that they want to see, mm-hmm. it's the response and the uh, how people speak out against it. I'm like, mm, you seem very bothered by that. Why? Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think? What have you thought about why? men who are feminine make you feel uncomfortable because i i feel like with anything like and you need to understand why this is called why this causes you this yeah and when it comes to men having to feel like they have to be tough or Mm -hmm. not be vulnerable i think there's more strength in being able to control your emotions Mm -hmm. and ignoring though ignoring them is just going to cause a buildup of whatever um frustration but um that's something i had to get over one day it's like you know what what a man is to me and one day my my dad said it to me he was like you know i still expect you to be a man and i said sam (laughs) (laughs) i do it like that but i was like well i don't ask you for anything Uh i pay my my rent all of these things on my own and i'm a decent person to people in the world so what is being a man Mm -hmm. if that isn't yeah i say man first gay second because she's hands llc no but no honestly i'm like I, I'm a man first, like, and then, like, I let my gayness define me or my queerness define me for yeah. most of my life. But even regardless if I feel like people were, like, pressuring it <clears> on <throat> me, I feel like I let it define me. And then one day I was just like, it, it doesn't define me. Or even me liking feminine things or certain shows, I'm like, I don't think I sure. like that because I'm gay. I just liked that. Like, you were saying about, like, masculine mm-hmm. things, like not just as a man is this masculine, but this is the masculine nature itself versus me just doing it. If that's what you were saying, like certain things you were saying, people consider masculine that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I I get what you're saying now. It's a, first of all, just like even being feminine, when you're masculine, you know, there's no need to run around and say, Oh, I'm masculine or I'm this, or I'm a real man. Mm -hmm. Like true masculinity just like femininity doesn't have to be announced it's it's something that you know is there so when people say toxic masculinity it doesn't exist like like we discussed before that doesn't exist it's not real and even when you talk about people speaking out against p valley I've told you, I, I love the show because of the story. I can relate to a lot of people on uh, all, a lot of the characters, even though someone would look at me and say, well, how could you relate to this mm-hmm. person and that person? Mm-hmm. They're human first. Right. They have human traits. But it's like, it's like 
it's yes, it is hard for me to watch two dudes get down, and I told you. Again, you're do you that's not what you want to watch. I'm not against that. With that being yeah. said, when you talk about the people that's speaking out against it, where are you seeing these people speak out at? On social media, where right. everybody can sit behind a keyboard and be a, a, a keyboard gangster. They ain't gotta say nothing in nobody's face. And once most people and I keep saying this, and it took me a while to figure it out. When everybody fi- really, really find out and realize that social media, every platform of social media is a fantasy land, the world would be a better place. Mm, yeah. So I want to say this. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I don't know if you agree or not, but I find that the same men who would be uncomfortable watching two men get down have virtually no issue watching two women get down on a show. Have, do you think that's the case? Yes. And yeah. for me, the com- um, it's the community of people who I just like, I know I can't, but I'm like, y'all are not being honest. Stop saying that they're posing it in this certain people that I know personally as, well, there's just so much sex now on P-Valley and these two men and they just overdoing it with all the sex now. I'm like, you have not made any complaints until that's true. Uncle Clifford was tapping them cakes like you ain't made no complaints just stop trying to present this like it's tied in this nice gift but people be like i don't mean it this way that's how you mean it mm. it sounds bad because it probably may, it it is bad but if that's how you feel that's how you feel but people are like trying to like give you this plate of shit form as a pie yeah You're i trying mean to give me shit pie <laughs> if somebody said i i can't stand to watch black people kiss each other or something like that oh, damn. yeah that that would hurt i'm not gonna lie i would think that was low-key racist i would be like oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean if i put it in that perspective then i can see it from uh, a queer person's perspective as to why we would say certain things like that yeah. look i have i remember this girl I, my white friend of mine she was like i'm not into black guys she ain't saying to me she ain't say it mean or any way and i was just like <laughs> how can you not be like like that's not her preference but i'm just like i was just offended because i feel like she just like shut off the whole race it, that's that's a different thing but like when people make comments like that i just be like oh okay man. yeah well i'm a guy i hope you don't ever see me kiss my man <laughs> but here's the thing though people complain because they have nothing else to do with their life if you have a problem with two men kissing in front of you if you have a problem with a sex scene between two men you can do multiple things you can walk away from the niggas that's kissing in front of you you can change the channel if you see it on social media you can scroll up or you can scroll down or you can unfriend all of that that's what i'm saying if you really don't like something there's when you don't like something you change you change it and this is what i'm talking about about the votes people don't like the things about us and they don't want it to exist and they want to protest or Mm -hmm. comment enough for it not to exist and i'm like dang why Mm -hmm. it makes you that uncomfortable like you don't like it so you feel like it shouldn't exist at all Mm -hmm. i don't feel that way like even again like when the baby made certain comments about what they feel like were against the community i'm like so y'all think he shouldn't have a job at all no more you want him to lose everything that's that's okay no you don't want it shouldn't be no you don't want to have a conversation even if you feel nobody was like somebody needs to sit down and have a conversation with him or just see where he was coming from even if he said no but i'm like the way you attack fire like fighting fire with fire mm-hmm. i'm like so that's just gonna work mm-hmm. no and, and that's what i said to you the other day when we were talking and the 
what I said, the problem is the LGBT, the organization is at the top that's unfortunately projecting their voice to speak for all of y'all. They draw this line in the sand that a lot of people, because they feel like here's our leader, we need to follow this. It's, well, we should destroy this person because they have this thought process or they have this belief, they have these feelings. If we can't disagree, then what can we do? Everybody's not going to like you. And I understand for gay people, it's a whole bunch more gay people, a whole bunch of people who love to voice how they don't like gay people. With that being said, I can't walk around here and just like hate everyone that don't like black people. We just don't hang out. I'm not coming over your house for chili. No. So it's just like you have to accept it and be okay with it. And a problem that is in this world coming from the heterosexual black man side of it is the fact that the LGBT comes off as they're going to force you to Mm -hmm. love gay stuff. Yes. Not the people. Mm -hmm. The thing about it is it don't even have to do with the actual human being. I'm going to force you to love this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. And it dehumanizes a lot of actual people who just so happen to be LGBTQ. Yeah. And that's where there's a disconnect because it takes you from being a person and turns you into an agenda. I feel like our discussions, I feel like most of the time my discussion is like, uh, like state versus federal. Like I'm not on the broad mainstream version of it as much as I'm preaching that. Mm. I'm like, I'm starting here first. So when I'm talking to y'all, I'm talking to y'all about how we are going to do better and how you go out into the world and talk to people. And when you're preaching in, in your, um, in the, to your congregation and like that message there. Mm-hmm. And because the masses of the media who control that, they are powerful. So doing the, the groundwork is to me some way to start because as an overall <laughs> issue, so many people in the world, how, how to solve it. I'm not saying that's not my goal, but there's other things like I feel like I'm, I can accomplish versus trying to start at the top versus like from right. the bottom. Right. And that's just like even when I said about being like more patient to understand the other side or I can understand. I'm like, I'm not mad that people don't want to watch this show, but it's like a badge of honor to be like, hey, but I just don't condone your lifestyle. And I'm like, Shh, great. Mm-hmm. OK, so we're not going out <laughs> for drinks. Mm hmm. But thanks. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell me that you don't like Mm. or do like about me? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's things that we have to talk about. And I bring up because I want people to know that you just say things unconsciously sometimes that imply this. And if you don't know, like when people say, oh, that's gay. And I'm like, it's just intention and like knowing what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and also, too. So I do counseling as well. I'm a counselor as well. And what is it? Always a dad to a beautiful two year old. Yeah. Husband, all that kind of stuff. So I counsel men like a lot because I'm the only male um, at the practice where I am. And the one thing that um, I notice more than anything is that men struggle with like feelings. Just I mean, this is not groundbreaking information, but they're crumbling 
because they are afraid to talk about how they actually feel because they say things just as you said, that's gay or that's feminine. Is yep. anything deemed feminine? I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. I was going to say yep. earlier, like being a young kid, like about being, well, my reasons for liking things for being just me or being gay. As a young kid, I had an older sister in my house. So I did a lot of things with her, but she's the reason why I wanted to play sports mm. or wanted to dance. Things that are very athlete, take athletic ability sure. that would be considered masculine. Sure. But I learned that from my sister, sure. but I also learned creativity and mm-hmm. I'm out of space where I could be very creative, but I just had a liking or wanted to be around my sister more or my mm-hmm. mom more or mm-hmm. my f- females in my family more. And had they let me do that, I would have turned out to be whoever I was going to be. But I still feel like even today that I have a balance of masculinity and femininity because it's naturally a part of what I feel like is my makeup mm-hmm. and I'm just able to like now just embrace it mm-hmm. and live through it. But being a young kid being forced to do boy stuff and I'm just like, this is so stupid. I don't want to do these things. Yeah. And the mm. the girl stuff was like jump roping or something <laughs> or, right. yeah. you know, yeah. cheer, cheerleading mm. because mm-hmm. that would have done what to me. Mm-hmm. But it's like certain things like that of being able to choose like those uh, certain attributes or being a part of certain things versus gender roles. Like yes. I, I'm like, y'all saying gender roles is me being a cheerleader, but I just was having fun shouting out these things and stepping in being in this type of lane of whatever. Ver- I didn't want to play football because it was super physical. It hurt. Mm-hmm. Not because I just didn't want to do boy stuff, but right. I'm like, no, let me do something else that consists of not being hit. Right. And I like the girls or I just that lane, but I was like forced into a lane versus another. Yeah. Yeah, we put emotions in the feminine category all the time, and I think that's wrong. Men generally, we don't have a good concept of what feelings are beyond I feel good today, I feel bad. Like, I have to give men a feelings wheel, like literally give it to them to say, hey, can you choose a feeling on this chart that you feel right now? Are they like adults? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they may have the they may know the word. But it doesn't come to their mind when they're talking about, you know, how they feel about their wife or committing infidelity or being addicted to something or whatever tragic event that they're going through. Men don't know how to emote or they feel it's unacceptable to. So I have to get them to that point first before we can even deal with anything. I feel like everything stems back to being even called gay, because if you it, mm. if you attribute like if you have any like feminine characteristic, people are calling you gay. If you like any girl thing and it's like. Even if somebody calls somebody gay and they be like, ew, never. And I'm like, well, what's so wrong with being gay? Goddamn, because you were just so offended. Like, it's the worst <laughs> thing ever. And it's the thought of it. And it's yeah. like, you don't have to like this thing, but you think of it as this such, like, abomination that is making everyone resent themselves or run away from feelings because they've been told it's a feminine trait, which is a makes you gay as a man. And you can't even express yourself, which is a human trait. Right. So th- these things don't make sense. And I feel like that's why these things are just like on the opposite ends of the, the trait. And it's like it, at the end of the day, it's we're men. Yes. And yes. that mm-hmm. that is the thing. I'm like, oh, we're, mm-hmm. and it's like we're fighting. And sometimes when I see that, if I see black men in the sentence, I would separate myself from it because I always assume it's heterosexual black men. Because, like, you know when they're talking about a certain sure. thing. I've been yeah. putting a gay group for so long. Even when you're talking about, like, the agenda, it it did tell us that. I, I also felt like that I was focused on my gayness because being around a black community, I always had to think about being gay. Mm. So then when I got older, the only thing I wanted to do was feel good about that. So mm. if it was 
I always seem like I'm the outcast. And I felt like I was talking about black men as if I was not a black man. Mm. And But I had to recognize it to change my communication and what my point was or what I'm trying to do. But I am trying to get to a point or of resolution or resolve so we can seem more as a unit versus because a lot of people are like saying things and I'm like, I'm willing to do something about it. Yeah. Well, good. Well, think and think about it like this though. You're around, you're around your daughter. We're around my daughter. When little kids see each other, they just see other little kids and want to play. Mm-hmm. That's all they see mm-hmm. is other little people, and they want to go have fun with that person. No matter where they come from, what they look like, they don't care if they stink. They don't care if they're dirty, fat, nothing. Like, none of that type of stuff. That does not matter to a kid. Uh, remember the movie 42, when the father took his son to the ballpark mm-hmm. to watch a baseball game. And literally, the son went to watch a baseball game. Jackie Robinson is there. Everybody in the crowd, his father, is calling, screaming the N-word, screaming at the top of their lungs. The kid looks, if you ever go back to that scene, the kid looks so perplexed. Mm -hmm. He looked distraught. He looked afraid. Then eventually, he learned to scream at this darker person, nigger. Mm -hmm. He did not know that that before he Mm. went to the ballpark, though. Yeah. So these things, like talking about the agendas, these are learned. These are learned traits that, as adults, we continue to perpetuate. And it's like the kids are the smart ones because <laughs> yeah. they love the essence of a human being just for being a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we bridge this here? How do we have more gay people wanting to feel comfortable in church? Or more LGBT wanting to feel comfortable in church. And how do we get the church to get off this high horse that they've made for themselves, stacked on a pile of shit, and be like, we're not perfect either? Hmm. Good question. (laughs) I was hoping James could answer that for us. (laughs) I just think, like, for me personally, it's like when I meet people, like, I've been to churches, and I can't believe that these people would say these things to me. And I would just be like, wow. Like, wow, I cannot believe you're saying this to me. I don't, I've done nothing to you to cause a person that tell me like, like one time this lady was like, well, you know, this is a church. And I was like, well, I recognize that when I walked in. Wow. Also, there's a lot of other gay people here walking around. I don't know if you can see them. <laughs> they belong here. I'm just a guest. Yeah. But I was just like, mm. I'm just here visiting and I'm black. That's how I always feel when people say things. I'm like, I'm black. Why am I being turned away? But again, I'm like, I always looked at church, God and Jesus as love. And I'm like, this is this not that feeling. So I know that I am love. So I know that I'm how it's supposed to feel. I know that I'm not feeling crazy for this. Um, and I don't want to be in this space. And I just feel like it's such an act of people being in these roles. That's why the movies are so good because everybody can jump into that role. But I'm okay with the flashiness of it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, even I'm like, we're, what's the community work of this place or how are the people first of all there's like groups of people you know you just don't want to be around and whether i'm going to a bougie church or a ghetto church i might like a ghetto church that might be for you but what what is the feeling that i'm going to be in there we went to we had three family members die we went to three of those funerals and they all talked about gay stuff 
my, my grandfather's funeral, my dad turned around to me and was like, I don't know why he's talking about this. The preacher. Yes. Mm-hmm. And each of my grandpa, my grandmother, and my uncles. And I'm just like, are they talking about, am I the only gay person here? Was I this person like who it. died gay or just, no, no just they just threw went, it in there? Yes, they did. Each time. <laughs> the most random time. I'm sitting next to them oh, and we looking at each other like. The last time I remember was like, James, sit down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to say nothing. I just feel like <laughs> if she couldn't see me, I'm going to just stand up so she can see me because this is a funeral. These are our family members here. But that still doesn't, like I said, I'm at a point now that I don't, I understand that this is a human thing and this over here is something totally different. And I'm not letting these humans ruin the my idea even of this. And it means too much to me for it to ever happen again. Mm-hmm. But I also am in understanding that a lot of things have been, that for me, there's certain things that are just like this. It's a system that's broken, but people are caught in it. So I continue to have conversations with people and try to bring some awareness, but also know that I'm not um, an expert at things, at knowing all of these things. Right. But one of the things is treating people how you want it to be treated. Yes. That I know. Yeah. That's what I want to do. We have one world to share. That's right. Everybody is not going to, I'm like, okay, we don't like each other's stuff. That's fine. But how do we share this space? We have one grocery mm. store. Do you not want me to eat? Mm. Mm-hmm. We have one grocery store, mm-hmm. if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Let, we have to come here. Mm-hmm. What is the... What's the problem? Yeah. I, I'm, I've, I, we have to figure it out. Yeah. That was very well said, man. Very well said. Um, So I do have a question, though, right? Yeah. So with the time, whatever time we have left, I just want to talk about... Yeah, you can ask me how many questions you want. Let's go. Whatever. All right. So um, one of the questions, though, that I do want to ask you is about... There are groups out there of what they call formerly gay people formerly queer okay just hold on (laughs) all right i don't know the names i don't know things all right but they're they're christian groups in which they've said man we've prayed and we had somebody pray over us and because of prayer and jesus we've been able to overcome our homosexuality and and now we're heterosexual so i literally just want to know your thoughts on that if it please i don't know if it's if in your mind it's 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 possible or they're just faking it, they're lying. I, I just want to hear because I've I seen these in things. The real Jesus, okay. Let me tell you something. And this <laughs> stuff that these people out here say, like, um, I personally don't know that experience. So okay. if that's how they feel, how can I tell them that they don't feel that way? Mm-hmm. I may personally feel like it's something that you can't um, just get rid of like that, but you can have control over the feelings and what you're going to act on. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like Jesus gave you the strength to not act on it because of whatever reason. Go ahead and do you. I don't, for me, that couldn't be a happy life for me. Mm-hmm. But if that's what they're going to do, that's what they want to do to recruit other people out there who may feel the same way, if that's what they want to feel. But um, ultimately, like, it's going to render, it's going to be inside you. Personally, I couldn't keep, I was 22 when I came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, an adult man, you know, like, but I just didn't know what to do until that point. But I couldn't anymore. Right, right. So. Okay. Okay, good. I mean, thank you for that. So another question I have, too, is so it seems like and throughout this conversation and what you said just now, you're arguing for let people live. Let them live their own life. Let them do what they have to do as long as it doesn't infringe, you know, upon you or your rights. Let people live. Is that What's your overall goal as people? Like, what is the what is the purpose of these certain things? Like I said, when people were like, I don't condone your lifestyle. Okay, what provoked you to tell somebody that? about them and their lives mm-hmm. that you don't like 
And when it's a, if each sin is equal to each one, why is this? But people, I feel like a lot of times people feel super strongly about stuff that they don't really think about or things that they are afraid of, even in their, their lives, like uh, dealing with issues, whether it be anxiety or something Mm -hmm. like you have to deal with those things to understand and then compromise ultimately. Like, you know, people go to Steelers versus Ravens games and know they're not in there killing each other the whole time, even though they hate each other. Mm hmm. Or teams that they do not make any money off of if they are not betting. <laughs> True. Yeah. But they ride or die for them. Mm-hmm. But like, you also like when they play each other. It yeah. feel good to be able to brag about winning for however many weeks until y'all play again or all year if you won both games. But like, it's a compromise in there somewhere. And I hear you on that. But I guess my question is, what would you have me do as a preacher? Let's say you're talking to preachers right now who are listening to this, who hold strongly to the Bible. And it's by no means the majority of the Bible. There's very few verses about homosexuality, gay, whatever you want to say. But it, they're not flattering words about um, the homosexual community. What, what would you have a preacher do? Is it okay for a preacher, a woman, or a man of God to, to preach that verse? Even though knowing that it will, I guess, alienate somebody. But then that's not being true to what they believe if they don't. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I guess I would just have them continue to do what they do if they want to keep doing the same thing. Because ultimately, I'm like, uh, what is the good coming out of you preaching those verses? Mm. So make other people in the church feel good because people want to be like, yep, that's right. Mm. That ain't no good. Mm. That's how I feel about it personally. Mm. But that's just me because I am within that lane. So I might, I probably am biased. But I would be like, what does this verse of preaching this about you know this that is these people what is it um how is it positive for us here Mm. like what does it mean what's the the symbolism Mm. what is the goal how do you want to make us feel it's like the the delivery Mm -hmm. i don't want to say like malcolm versus martin but people think like the the tongue is different so like what is your overall message and what are you willing to get what are you willing to do to get it because if you want to say those you want me to come here but if you if i come here and then you end up saying that Right. But then, then you don't ruin it for however many of us for the next however many years. Sure. And I, I would only push back and say that, like, there are other things that we preach that are equally as harsh. So, for instance, for heterosexuals, you know, we preach, hey, don't be sleeping around. You know, don't commit a. a <laughs> now, I have heard that, but it's always follow with a laugh. It's, I, it's follow with a laugh. Phil. You know, okay, they be it, out here and the church laugh. You know, so and so be out here. We don't need y'all out here drink, drinking was follow with a laugh. I didn't feel the same. Mm. Um, I don't force. want to say uh, yeah. f- force, mm-hmm. not aggression. I just didn't mm-hmm. feel the same force. It's a little less like, mm-hmm. well, all right, now nah, see you <laughs> It's later. a little more forgivable. Going, I'll say you that. You should yeah. be getting home People now to way. Mrs. Coxum, right? Right, right. All right, now. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't know if it would be, maybe if it was the first lady, you might get a look of disgust, mm. but maybe not from the pastor. But again, that's just my my own opinion. But I feel I like think I the with you there. perspective is a little different. But that's why I'm saying when it comes to like the totem pole, it's like, yeah, that might be here. Okay, it's still like there. Yeah. And I don't want I just want to be discriminated discriminated equally. equally. <laughs> like <laughs> let us live equally. Yeah, yeah. You know, let you. our points be the same. Okay. All right. Okay. Um I think you've answered most of my questions, man. I feel like there's so much more. Um You can always call me now. <laughs> oh, let's go. All right, I appreciate that, man. Um I <sighs> I understand what you're saying about not condoning your lifestyle. I think people should, you know, keep their mouth shut, for lack of a better phrase. There's no reason to because speak that. Because what do you want to but. condone versus what you do not want to condone? Those in glass houses. 
that, that, that. Yeah. But because what could you tell tell me that is good for me versus what you could tell me that is going to make me feel that way? I'm not saying that you don't have to say any of the hard things is bringing up things that people like acknowledging and taking accountability for putting yourself in positions versus blaming the rest of the world. And I'm but if it is in the Bible, it, it is. And if that's verbatim or if that's what it says, but me personally, if you were telling me that, I would just be like, well, okay. But I don't, um, I don't know. Like I, even like, as I got older and went to church, I like church for certain reasons. I would have to separate how I felt about mm. everything because I'm like, I like church. I like when the choir sings. And I also like the message that comes out of church. Like the, sometimes it'd be, a, there's a really good message. Sure. And then sometimes there's just not, even if they don't mention certain things. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the, like the overall message, like you could preach about what you do not condone versus what you think family should do or how people should be bettering themselves mm-hmm. and how you want me to leave, how you want all of us to leave here. Mm-hmm. And that like the feeling of the community in the church or the body, if it's going to be like one, like I want to feel that I want that to be cemented on each time I'm there. But, you know, I'm not the leader of nobody's church. Right. No, I mean, I get it, man. I mean, I kind of stay away from preaching about you know homosexuality you know um out of uh, respect for the queer community out of my evolving understanding of it and um there are some people who say there are questions about these verses that they may not mean what they think they mean i i'm not there yet um but i also know that it's going to alienate people and that's not what i want and yet at the same time you understand how conflicted i am because this is a book that i've studied for six years of my life i have degrees in in one book right and it's just like man i want to i want to preach all of it not to hurt somebody not to separate anybody out but just to say hey listen this is what i believe that god's will is and it seems to be this way from the bible and i want to let you know and I'm saying that the same, um, you know, uh, fear that you may feel of being in the closet and not telling people who you are for some preachers. And it's by no means the same. I don't want you to. I'm not equating it. No, because I think everyone has a closet. It's not yeah. just about like queerness. Like, right. Like, everyone right. has like that fear or of something. Right. Of- yes. But I just, I just want to say it's not the same because, I mean, that's your identity. Whereas this is something that, you know, I do, you can call it a job or something that I, I'm really passionate about. I'm just saying, you're and laughing. Maybe, you're Ramon doesn't think I have a job because I'm a bastard. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that just might be your calling. I would just have to understand, like, the purpose. And I even said, and I'm like, look now, if it say what it say, say what it say. And at this point, I just got to, I, just, I didn't chose this. And I'm just going to have to do, I'm going to have to do a real good job of talking to the Lord when I get up there and be like, look, I don't understand what you thought was right did you do you see them men right i what was i supposed to do <laughs> like right but, but even with that here's uh, the thing <clears throat> it's like like you said there's not a whole bunch of verses in the bible that even speak on homosexuality right there's more verses in the bible there's more verses in the bible that speak on adultery violence Mm-hmm. All of that type of stuff. Sure. Like, you know, you have verses in the Bible that tells you to obey the laws of the land. So, and just like he said earlier, sin is sin in the eyes of the Lord. Ain't no first tier sin, second, that's only with the justice system where there's felonies and misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. So it's like if somebody can come up to you and have a problem with the fact that they feel like you're sinning because you're homosexual and then it's like well you can go to hell because you went five miles over the speed limit since since i'm going right yeah like there 
when you look at the Bible, any person that could point out something about you, there's ten things you could point out about them. Mm-hmm. Like you, the reason why adultery isn't met with the same vitriol is because for all the gay people I know, I know twice as many adulterers. For all the, the for all the gay people I know, I know twice as many loose people up out here. So of course it's met with laughs because it's more normal to people that do it. Least m- m- there's a least amount of people, uh, less number of people acknowledging that they are part of this this one particular group, and I, and I do feel like when people don't acknowledge how things make them feel, they don't know how to um, adjust or handle them. And I think sometimes um, when masculine energy is met with feminine energy, it does something together. But then you have to realize that it's coming from a a man. And I think I've made in my life that men have been uncomfortable with my feminine energy because I think sometimes that they have reacted naturally to it and then realize it feel like they're trying to be taken advantage of. Mm. And if they don't have control over themselves that they treat it like this, like they lash out at, at it, like something has been done to them. And that's why I've always tried to be like very like careful, but I'm like, you know what? I am not trying to do anything. And I realize that some people are just like dealing with themselves. And it's like, we use the term like down low. And I'm like, it's, I just think guys like that can be so dangerous because they are, um, at any time ready to like, they could explode at any time because the risk is so high that they mm-hmm. could do anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I even when it comes to that group of people or just people, th- this entire conversation as we wrap, I'm really happy that we had it. But I think that um, more conversations like this need to be had. Definitely, especially you being a counselor. I like for yeah. me overall, I want people to be able to express themselves, of course, like uh, mm-hmm. in a healthy way and be able to problem solve, mm-hmm. like exploding and getting mad because you do not have the words. It's not okay. You're an mm-hmm. adult. As an adult, mm-hmm. you have to be able to use your word. That's what separates us from animals. Like that's <laughs> the thing that mm-hmm. you can say you have instinct of because like you have a brain. That's what separates us. We are able to disagree, but think beyond this part of tearing each other apart. We are capable of it, but people just go ahead and just take this one, the easy way out and do that. But I'm, and because I've been in counseling, I'm like finicky about trying to suggest it for people. Because, but I, it worked for me. But I I'm not saying it will work for everyone. But I don't want people to think that it means, oh, well, they don't just fix you. I'm like, well, I've been doing all the work. I don't know what you talk about. They fix me. Yeah, like, it's not our work. Thank yeah. you, thank you, David. I love you. But um, <laughs> we talk once a week or sometimes once right. a month. You, right. I had to go home and deal with all of this. Right. A lot of the work is on the person. Sure. And I think it's uh. it comes across as if somebody is just helping you and doing this work for you. Mm-hmm. No one's giving me any medicine. I have to deal with the things on my own. Sure. But I do have a person that's unbiased and was willing to be an expert in the field. As you said, you went to school and you mm-hmm. have degrees. You put effort into things, mm-hmm. time and money into these things. Mm-hmm. That stands across. That stands out for when a person does that versus a, you know someone. You could be talented, like you could be talented and knowing what the teeth, uh, tooth is called, but that don't mean you're a dentist, <laughs> right? Like right, you could right. be like, oh, that's the incisor, but no, sure, it, you're an expert in this field and it pays the cost mm-hmm. to be the boss. No, but um, <laughs> is there any other questions that anyone has? No, but I, I will say too. I think a good balance um, for preaching. Right. When we talk about these issues, what I have learned to do or try to do is to just preach what the the word says instead of elaborating a lot of my personal 
feelings about it, which I think a lot of preachers do. Some of the um, the sermons we see on YouTube and little clips that we see where preachers are just going off on stuff, they're adding a lot, especially when it comes to the LGBTQ community. They're going in, you shouldn't do this and you should do that and all that kind of stuff. Well, the Bible doesn't say all of that. It says just a small fraction of what you said. Just share that with them and then move on to something else. I think that's a happy medium right now as we try to figure out how can we reach more of the, 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 the queer community. I don't want to put, you know... Uh, I don't. I don't think preachers should put their anger behind what the word says because they don't like the queer community. If you it's understand like what I'm saying, it's like whooping your kids when you're mad. You should wait a little bit. Yeah, there you go. That's good. I like that. Oh, when you, and then when you just talk about the, them putting their emotions about it, it's like when your parents say, "No, you heard what you wanted to hear." <laughs> That's what I heard. Right. But no. Um. And even when it comes to the church, I don't uh, hate the church. I understand like uh, things are what they are, and, and these organizations have been standing. For some of them, hundreds of years. So you don't just things don't just change overnight. My, my. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. all about make awareness and realizing and resolve and resolution and trying to be a better person for myself and for others. That's good, man. So thank That's you, awesome. John. Thank you, Ramon. This thank is you. In the third degree with James Major Burns. Uh-huh.